Don't try to write what's popular. Don't try to write what you think their editors want. Don't try to write what the publishers want. Don't worry about any of that. Just find a story that you just absolutely cannot let go of and you just love it so much. Because my books, I would write them anyway, just for myself. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm an award-winning, multi-published author. And I started this podcast a while ago to help you know more about the writing craft and to listen to award-winning, best-selling authors talk about their books and their writing journey to encourage you to keep going on this writing journey. So welcome. And I don't know about you, but I love to listen to podcasts while I'm cleaning the house or while I'm out for a run. And I love learning new things while I listen to these podcasts. And one that I listen to is Mad Lit Musings with Jamie Jo Wright. It's a podcast with award-winning and best-selling author Jamie Jo Wright, who teaches us to go deeper into your stories. And she talks with published authors. She talks about the writing craft. So if you want to learn more about writing, in addition to a Writer's Day podcast, take a listen to Mad Lit Musings with Jamie Jo Wright. And another podcast I've found, for those of us who love fantasy, the fantasy genre, is by Lore Haven, and it's called Fantastical Truth. It is a wonderful podcast that talks about all things fantastical. And because I write in the fantasy genre, I love listening to these musings by the hosts of this podcast, where they explore the best Christian-made fantasy, science fiction, and beyond genres. And they talk about how authors of these genres apply these stories' meanings in the real world Jesus calls us to serve. So if you love the fantasy, science fiction, and speculative genres, take a listen to Fantastical Truth Podcast today. And if you love this podcast, A Writer's Day Podcast, please consider following me on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can be alerted to new episodes. And if you want to know more about me, please visit my website at artbyruth.com where you can sign up for my newsletter and have a chance to enter into book giveaways. There's a lot of wonderful books releasing this month and next month, so be sure to sign up for my newsletter so that you can win some of these new books, like the newest one from Jamie Jo Wright called The Souls of Lost Lake, Dangerous Beauty by Melissa Coslin, and more. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter today. Melissa Coslin is making a name for herself in the romantic suspense genre, with her engaging mysteries that draw readers in and keep them spellbound. And in her newest book, Dangerous Beauty, Melissa Coslin throws two characters into an unlikely situation. So I'm excited to have her here today on my podcast. She is a fourth degree black belt and a certified instructor of Taekwondo. 
and her day job is as a commercial property manager. But she's always observing, writing down personal quirks and funny situations to perhaps use them in upcoming books. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Melissa, who at the time of the interview had a slight frog in her throat, so our apologies for that, but she mustered her way through it. So get ready to listen to amazing author Melissa Coslin today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to have Melissa Coslin on with me today to talk about her new book, Dangerous Beauty. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Sure. So to start off with, I usually like uh, the authors to tell a little bit about themselves and how you became a writer. So tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, Well, in my non-writing life, I am been married for 23 years, just had a baby girl about five months ago. Um, it took a long time to have babies, I guess. <laughs> um, and I work as a commercial property manager. Um, and then how I became a writer is actually kind of crazy how I first got published, actually. Um, I started writing back in 2003 or so. I just had an idea in my head and I just couldn't get it out. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to write it down. It was horrendous. But I learned, I read a lot of books and I got better. Um, and eventually I was um, signed with Mike Napa uh, for my agent. Um, and he was not able to sell any of my books. However, he had a book series with Revel and um, he was not able to finish the third book. He had a tragedy in his personal life and he just oh. couldn't do it. So he had written about 20,000 words and um, a dream within a dream. I finished that, the last 70,000 words based on his real basic outline. And then he let me, you know, come up with the more specifics and he approved it. And he let me just go. Um, Our writing styles aren't terribly dissimilar and he liked my writing style. So, and that got me in the door with Revel. They liked my writing and um, they they, uh, signed me for Never Miss and now Dangerous Beauty. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. So did you always have an interest in creative writing when you were young or were you a um, well, I've, I've always liked to read and I've always been an artistic person, but honestly, I was really bad at writing when I was in school. Uh, we had proficiency <laughs> exams in Ohio. I'm sure every state has something similar. Mm-hmm. And um, I failed my ninth grade pro- writing proficiency. I was just not very good at it. So it's, it's kind of funny. I, it, it's, some writers would be embarrassed to say that, but I like to let people know you don't have to have a natural skill. Mm. You just have to try really hard. That's true. Did you take like uh, courses, like at writing conferences and stuff to learn the craft along the way? Um, well, I joined uh, Florida Writers Association mm. and they have a lot of different groups in the area that where they have a lot of different speakers. So I started with that first <clears throat> and I've written, read a gazillion books on writing Mm -hmm. so and then of course I read a lot so all that put together it helped me find my voice so to speak as I have a frog voice today yeah today you don't have the voice (laughs) but (laughs) well that's amazing and I find that most of the authors that I interview were readers and Mm -hmm. continue that today and for me I struggled with that I loved writing 
but I always struggled with reading when I was a kid because I think I had that attention deficit problem, but in the seventies, they didn't diagnose that yet. But, uh, but today I kind of force myself to start reading again. And I find that it's a skill. Do you find that reading a book from start to finish is a skill? I think it depends on what kind of book it is. Mm. Um, There are some books that I just don't let, I don't make myself finish them if I'm not like engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm an odd one where I don't read the genre that I write, which is apparently very odd, but um, I'm always scared of accidentally taking something from somebody's book that I read Mm -hmm. and putting it in my book. And I've read so many books that I forgot where I got it. And oh, that's just like a nightmare to me. So I read more historicals and classics. Mm. Yeah, me too. I run into that too. I tend to write a lot of fantasy adventures, but I don't read a lot of fantasy. So I've been starting to listen to a lot Mm -hmm. of fantasy adventures and find that's easier for me. And it kind of just keeps me motivated to stay writing. And I think, oh, I'd love to write something like that. Or, oh, that sounds like a great idea to put into a story, you know, right? Mm So somebody does something and you think of a twist on that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When I start to get into a writer's block and my creativity wanes, I'll pick up a book, start reading it. And I think, oh, yes, I want to add something like that to my story. This, 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 you know. (laughs) Yeah. But I agree. Sometimes when I'm reading a book, it's hard for me to stay focused on it. For that reason, I'll start reading it and I'm thinking, oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, that's so wonderful. And then I start thinking about my story and I'm like, oh, I should go back to chapter one and add something like that. And before you know it, I have to go back and reread the entire chapter. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, for listeners out there, it is important that you try and take a few writing courses to learn the craft, even if you were blessed with that god-given talent you know to write a story it's always good to go back and learn the craft and read books about writing and that's always helped me too yeah because it's two-sided it's got the the technical skill and then there's the creativity you have Mm -hmm. to put them together Mm. and some people are blessed with one or the other but not necessarily both so was becoming a published author what you thought it was going to be did it meet your expectations um I don't know. I guess I didn't really know what to expect. Mm, That's interesting. So I'm just going with the flow. (laughs) That's good. That's a good attitude. That's Mm -hmm. great because I know sometimes people think, oh, if I just sign that contract, it's going to be like this. You know, they have these big expectations, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire when I sign one book. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, I knew better than that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about this book, Dangerous Beauty. Uh, What's it about? So um, it starts with uh, a girl running through the woods. And and you're not sure at first when the male main character, Eric, meets her, Liliana. You're not really sure if he's good or bad. And she is, he finds out that she's running from traffickers. She had escaped them, but they're about to catch her again. And he <clears throat> he saves her from them. And then after speaking with the police and everything, he realizes she's going to get sent back to Mexico. She doesn't um, meet the requirements for asylum. So the only way to keep her, and she's being hunted by cartels in Mexico, so the only way to keep her safe and in the U.S. is to marry her. 
So he marries her. And um, so this is their story of <clears throat> how he, well, how they together, they stop some other trafficking and they find out that, yeah, the, the buyer who was after her in the first place is not giving up so easily. Wow. That's a, a heavy topic, human trafficking. I'm in Arizona and we definitely struggle with that here. For what sure. inspired you to write about that topic? Um, <clears throat> I was a little bit scared to write about it because I, I won't read anything myself that has very explicit content like that. Um, so that, that made me nervous to write it, but I handled it very, very, very delicately so that you understand how much she's been through. So you can really feel for her, but you don't need to hear the details. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but I really wanted to shine some light on it. So I just don't feel like, I mean, it's, it's modern day slavery and it's just, nobody really even talks about it, you know? So yeah. I wanted to shine some light on it. Yeah. It's horrific. I have some, I have so many friends who were police officers and some of the things they tell us about the drug cartels and human trafficking, yeah. it's just, it's bone chilling. Yeah. So exactly. I find that interesting that you were able to take that topic and write a story about it. And, this has some romance in it, correct? It does. So I had to play that very delicately. So she was abused only to a point. Mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that. So, because if you're abused that badly, it's going to take you years to be able to have a romantic relationship. At least it would take me. So I, I kept her abuse um, limited. Where did you, where did the inspiration for Liliana's character come from? Um. Well, I made her from Mexico because, you know, logistics and realities. Um, and I <clears throat> I made her from the south um, western region of Mexico, which is really, really poor. Mm. And I just wanted her to be somebody who has nothing, absolutely nothing. And she's never really had anything. And now that her family's gone, she really has nothing. She doesn't even have a pair of shoes when she meets Merrick. And she pulls herself up and does whatever she has to do. And she ends up saving other people in the end. Mm -hmm. After all of this, she's been through. She, she, yeah, she's a beautiful, strong character. That's beautiful. And so Merrick, what does he represent? I mean, I know he comes in and wants to save the day, but what does his character represent? Well, he has a very, very dark difficult past <clears throat> i don't want to give too much away sure but and that's <clears throat> and it inspires him to do what he does and again i don't want to give too much away because he is really just like a mystery wrapped up in an enigma and that's part of the fun of reading the book mm. that uh you'll you'll see it when you when you read it by the end you'll understand them sure what was the kind of research that you had to do for this story Oh my goodness, the laws <laughs> on on asylum and marriage and all that stuff, that was so much research. And then our my copy editor helped me with more research <clears throat> to make sure that it all fell into line and made sense. Yeah. So that was a lot of the research right there. And then of course I researched Houston and because most of the novel takes place in Houston. It sounds like a really cool place to visit, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I have a family in Texas. So 
Well, that's, that's really remarkable. I have yet to read a book about this topic. So this is really fascinating. I'm, you've drawn me in. I want to read this book now. <laughs> and the cover is beautiful too. So listeners, when you get a chance, go take, check this out and you'll see how beautiful this cover is. It also draws you in. I'm a big visual person. You know, I'm an artist. And so I love looking at covers and if they draw oh, me yeah. in, I'm hooked. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. That's what I love about Rebel. They make some of the best best covers. <laughs> so the romance part, though, of such a story and like a marriage of convenience type of story. Yeah. What made you want to go in that direction? You know, I usually don't write tropes too much. Um, at least not something this like obvious. Uh, but it just the story just popped into my head and I was like, I have to write this. And luckily, Rebel was like, yeah, write it. So that was nice. Um, Is there another book out there that kind of matched it, kind of inspired you? Another book that inspired this book? Or maybe like a movie or something that you saw? No, not so much. Wow. That's neat because that's very original, how you just pulled that out. And I think that's great. I like that when you read a book and you're thinking, wow, this is so unique. (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) yeah (laughs) so merrick though liliana facing terrifying a terrifying future without merrick's help Mm -hmm. explain to us why you wanted to write you know such a strong female character she's not totally you know i mean i know we see the princess movies where the princess has to have the the prince's help and everything but yeah what made you want to write liliana from this perspective well, Liliana is a little bit different. Usually I write <clears throat> very strong female characters. Cadence and Never Miss, if anybody's read that, she's like female, like sniper. You know, she is like bad A. She's kick butt. Um, so Liliana is different. She is more emotionally strong and mentally strong. And she's just one of those people when you first hear about the book, you're thinking, oh, she's like a damsel in distress. No, absolutely not. While she did need Merrick's help, and she admits that, and she appreciates that, she is not going to just let him take the lead and take care of her. The whole time she's like trying to stand on her own, help other people, always fighting to do for others. So that's that's what I really like about her, just that that more inner strength. Mm, inner strength. That's neat. Did you have a reader out there in mind who might need to hear this theme of inner strength and self-reliance? You know, it it makes me, not any one particular person in my life, I'm surrounded luckily by very strong females in my family. But um, I guess there's a section where she meets Jessa. When when you read the book, you'll, you'll recognize Jessa. And that's, that girl is kind of in a nutshell. I hope this book reaches mm-hmm. you know and when you read that that section when Liliana helps free her you'll understand what I mean yeah. I really hope this book reaches the Jesses of the world mm, that's beautiful I like to ask authors about that because they tend to they do seem to have that one person in mind even though they can't picture that person or they don't know their name but they're out there and yeah. they want the themes of their book to really resonate and connect with that one 
reader out there. So yeah, <clears throat> that's neat. And uh, my Nana came from uh, Mexico, and my mom was raised in Mexico City for a long time. Well, that's cool. And, yeah, and the women out there are very, very strong. Even though my Nana and my mom were only five feet, three inches tall, <laughs> they were very strong women and came from nothing but made something. So, um, yeah, that really, I can definitely identify with strong females like that, where they look weak. You might think that they're weak, but boy, they start to learn about their inner strength, the strength yeah. that they really have. That's neat. Yeah. So speaking of digging in and finding your inner strength, <laughs> imagine you have a brand new writer in front of you who is really struggling and they just don't even know if they want to continue on. What advice would you have for that new writer who might be wanting to give up? You need to find a story that you absolutely love. Don't try to write what's popular. Don't try to write what you think their editors want. Don't try to write what the publishers want. Don't worry about any of that. Just find a story that you just absolutely cannot let go of and you just love it so much. Because my books, I would write them anyway, just for myself. And that's when I think it really, the passion that you feel for it really comes out on the page. Don't try to write because this is the, the, the popular thing right now. It's just gonna come off as a copycat. <laughs> Mm, and that's what you did, right? You tried to find that story that just would not let go. You exactly. just had to write it down. <laughs> exactly. And you're right. A reader can tell. A reader can tell if there's passion in the voice, you know, of really the author. I think they can. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, Melissa Coslin, thank you so much for joining me today. And even though you have a frog in your throat, you still came across <laughs> wonderfully. <laughs> And with allergy season, I believe all of us can probably sympathize with what you're going through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. And I apologize for sounding like a frog. <laughs> no problem. And we wish you nothing but the best of success on this story. And you can learn more about Melissa at her website at melissacoslin.com. She's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and even Pinterest. And so when her book comes out in September, be sure to pick up a copy of Dangerous Beauty coming out from Ravel. Thanks again, Melissa. Thank you. Wow, wasn't that great listening to Melissa talk about her writing journey and her new book, Dangerous Beauty? I know her story is inspiring me to keep going on this writing journey, and I hope that you've been inspired to keep going on your writing journey. Remember, always keep going forward, one step at a time. That's all that's expected of you. So keep going. And until next time, God bless.